welcome to Overnight Success You, episode 12. And today, we're going to speak on seven simple ways to lower your credit card processing fees, all while not having to change your payments provider of choice. As always, I'm Mark Forster, aka Professor Doughboy, here to walk through the curriculum. At OSU, we are here to help entrepreneurs from their beginning roots grow their mentors, mindset, and money through a better understanding of the journey, knowledge of the merchant industry, and how all of this applies to your business. Let's talk seven ways to lower credit card processing fees without actually having to change your provider. Look, one thing I have heard over the past, you know, five years is just how utterly confusing credit card processing can be for business owners. So, The real purpose here is to allow you a little crash course on credit card processing and really try to do so with as little jargon as possible uh, to really just show you the truth behind the scenes of, of what you're paying for. And with that being said, seven tips are going to be revealed And I'll explain the reasons behind them. So tip number one is to always swipe or insert the card when you're able to. So card present transactions are always a lower rate than those that are keyed. As an example, when in that face-to-face setting, Swiping a Visa card, the interchange rate, meaning the fee that you must pay Visa for that transaction, is going to be 1.51% in a retail setting. Yet, as soon as you key enter that same card, the rate jumps to 1.95%. All right. So again, always swipe or dip the card when you're able to. Tip number two, use AVS always. AVS, Address Verification System. Gather as much cardholder information as you can and enter it into the terminal or POS. Okay, the more you enter for the cardholder's bank, the more likely it is to qualify for lower interchange rates. It's an extra step, and no, it's not necessarily needed, because I get it. As many business owners do, and as many business owners like, they want to make sure that their transaction process is as fast as possible. I understand that for sure. However, 
just remember that the added time to enter in the AVS portion, it's really just ensuring that the transaction is a less risky transaction by simply gathering proper information. So you want to speak to your provider about this and simply just ask them to enable the AVS function within your equipment. And to get a better idea, all that that is is just when it prompts you for a zip code, as an example. And before we move on to tip three, just as a fair warning, there are some companies that will actually charge you a transaction fee for this feature. Uh, Others don't, uh, but again, some do. So just make sure and take note of that and have that as a question to ask your provider when you speak about that option. And tip number three, we want to batch the terminal each night. So all terminals actually have the ability to be programmed to auto-settle or batch each night. And this just will ensure transactions are sent to your bank every night for deposits. Now, the reason this is actually a cost savings tip is due to some instances where if you're forgetting to settle at night, certain interchange categories will actually quote-unquote downgrade to a higher rate if the settlement has not occurred in a 24-hour period. So three examples of these downgrades are going to be not settling in that required time frame, as I had mentioned, not using your address verification system, okay, or authorization amounts that aren't matching the settlement amount. So I had mentioned an interchange category where it's swiped and the rate is 1.51%. These downgrades, you're going to be able to now expect interchange being 2.30% and 10 cents if it's a credit, when it's a debit, your fee will go up to 1.75% and 20 cents. And then if someone is using a prepaid card, your fee will go up to 1.8% and 20 cents. All right. Tip number four, use the void feature instead of refund as much as you can. So an unauthorized transaction can be voided. Always remember that. And when you void, you're going to save the discount rate from being applied to the sale if you settled the transaction and refunded the sale. So... If you refund, in other words, you'll have a discount rate applied to that. The merchant discount rate is going to be the rate charged to a merchant for payment processing services on both debit 
and credit transactions. Keep in mind, uh, the discount rate is added on top of your interchange fee. And the discount rate is 100% entirely controlled by your direct payments provider. So as an example, we had talked again, Visa Interchange, let's say, is 1.51% and 10 cents. You have to pay that to Visa because you are accepting credit cards. The discount rate that your payment provider may charge, an example, is 0.39% and 10 cents, meaning that refund or your total transaction, the total fee, is actually 1.9% and 20 cents on the transaction. So as long as you have not closed the batch for the night or for the shift, you'll have the option to void your past transactions, saving you that additional discount rate. Tip number five, make sure that your merchant account is set up properly. Very, very easy. Everybody should be able to to get this one right, okay? So a retail merchant account allows you to get a lower rate than that of a business in an online or card not present environment. As business owners, also just be aware of MCC and SIC codes, which, you know, not only will affect your interchange rates, but also will have an impact on tax payments and how the IRS classifies your business. MCC uh, just stands for Merchant Category Classification. So it's just the code that they give um, that's used by the credit card industry to classify businesses into different market segments. Uh, It's actually a four-digit code. And SIC, or SIC, stands for Standard Industrial Classification. Again, another four-digit code that is used in the industry uh, for market segmentation purposes. The relevance, by the way, uh, for both of these, these codes are used by credit card companies to actually determine risk measurement. So if an industry may be prone to more chargebacks and refunds, um, you know, for example, let's take a pawn shop. If a pawn shop, in my understanding, and maybe in yours, I would assume that that's a more risky transaction, right? So the MCC code will be specific for that pawn shop or for that industry, and inherently it's going to reflect a higher transaction rate and fee because of that. Again, Visa and MasterCard interchange fees are a direct proportion, the qualification um, is a direct proportion of the MCC code. They're influenced by one another. So for example, businesses classified as schools, you know, they're going to qualify for lower interchange fees 
than other businesses, right? There's like who's charging a school back or, or where is the risk when using a credit card payments option for a school, okay? For some credit card processors and businesses, the MCC code may change the fee, but I've never seen it change the fee where it's actually lowering it. So just be aware of that. MCC codes are important for your business and your consumers. They may actually benefit from your MCC code as well. I know, you know, when accepting credit cards, that's not the first and foremost thing on your mind. Um, but just be aware of that too. So for example, some credit cards actually offer cash back for certain types of businesses. Like, you know, you see it all the time, grocery stores, um, gas stations are huge, right? So by securing the right MCC code, your customers could get rewarded as well. And because of that reward, want to come back and spend more at your business. So just again, reach out to your provider um, and just ensure that you guys are set up properly so you'll have those lowest fees. Tip number six, reducing chargebacks. Okay, I know this is a very um, sensitive area for some people. I've heard a lot of things and a lot of bad experiences with chargebacks. The first thing that I can say is really having posted a return policy in place for the customers to see, that in itself is going to reduce chargebacks. So just keep all essential contact information on display at all times for your customers. And in addition to the proper return policy and contact information, just clearly communicate the fulfillment and delivery steps of the process as well. That is so crucial, especially online, just to make sure that you are really providing confidence and trust to the customer uh, through your organization by giving them the awareness of how long your fulfillment will be and really when they can expect the product or the service to get delivered. Uh, just as a side note as well, these chargebacks can result in additional fees up to as much as $40 per incident. So again, is it gonna you know really just take away all your chargebacks? No, but your return policies are the first things that you can control and it's the first things that your customers can see when they're processing with you and doing business with you. So make sure that those are in place immediately. Uh, and lastly, tip number seven is making sure you're PCI compliant, okay? So from its inception, um, PCI compliance was actually put in place to help regulate the credit card industry and to actually improve payment security within the industry as well. So PCI compliance, it does apply to any business regardless of the size, regardless of the transaction volumes, and regardless of the industry, okay? 
the chief aim is truly to lessen the liability of small business owners if a data breach occurs, right? So, I mean, think of it in layman's terms. It's like an insurance policy, okay? So to ensure that your organization is PCI compliant, you must pass quarterly scans of the networks as well as submit an annual SAQ form, all right, or a self-assessment questionnaire, okay? I'm sure you guys are aware of them. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it's definitely confusing because I still get confused sometimes. Um, So I recommend asking your provider if this is a form that they can actually assist you with. Um, I know that that's what East Commerce Solutions does. I cannot speak for other payment providers, um, but really make sure you talk to them and, and ask them for that help. It's tremendously, tremendously beneficial, especially because of how very confusing that process is. Um, And it's time consuming. You know, you guys need to be running your business um, and not have to put your attention on filling out a form and making sure you guys are properly secure. All right. So talk to the provider again uh, and really make sure that, you know, they can assist you with it and, and have no issues with doing so. Uh, Again, side note, just to make sure you guys know what happens when you aren't compliant. And in a nutshell, you can expect two things if you find yourself outside of compliance. Non-PCI compliance could have you paying up to $100,000 a month in fees, and your bank may even end up shutting off that relationship, um, or raise the cost of your transaction fees. So that's one thing I've seen. Um, the other thing that I see that is, it's more prevalent in the industry is a a non PCI compliant fee. So every month, you know, you get your monthly fees. The minute that you become non-compliant, your provider will actually add a non-compliant fee to your statement. And I've seen this range from anywhere from $9.99 all the way to $49.99 per month uh, for this to happen. So make sure you guys are protected. Um, Make sure you guys take care of the PCI portion. Uh, It's definitely beneficial, and I highly recommend that um, because... It's, it's a security standpoint that I definitely believe in. Um, and, and before I wrap up, actually, I, I do want to provide a bonus tip here. Um, so let's just make this eight tips. Um, so I do want to provide a bonus tip. It doesn't apply to everybody. It's called level two and level three processing. So level two and level three processing, again, not for everyone, However, for the individuals who are in the proper SIC codes, you guys are going to benefit greatly when accepting business, corporate, or purchasing cards. To be a little bit more specific here, um, it's for the businesses that process mainly card not present transactions. Uh, You guys are going to see the most positive results by entering enhanced data. 
So as we've learned a little bit here, the more information a business provides with a transaction, the greater the data level becomes. So as an example, a transaction passed with the least amount of data is considered level one. A transaction passed with the greatest amount of data, what is it? It's considered level three, right? So the greater the data level of a transaction, the lower the interchange cost associated with that transaction. Now, I want to provide what MasterCard has for um, their level two requirements, okay? So this is just an, a MasterCard example. I'm not going to get into Visa and Discover and everything, um, but just to get you a better idea. MasterCard will have their level two processing requirements be you must enter in a tax amount, you must enter in a tax indicator, you must enter in a customer code, which is only for a purchasing card, and then you must also enter in a tax ID. Moving forward, their level three processing requirements includes everything I just said about level two, so you have to enter in all that level two information, and then on top of that, you must enter in a product code, an item quantity, a description, a unit of measure, an extended item amount, as well as debt or credit indicators. Look, <laughs> I understand this comes off as a lot of information um, and a lot of data to collect and provide, but just rest assured that some providers will get these steps in place in order for you to streamline your process. So again, some will help you and assist you with getting these things much more streamlined and much more automated so it's not as arduous for you guys. Um, so for example, virtual terminals and gateways, um, one being like authorized.net, that's going to have options that you can autofill your suggestions just in order to make it be a much more smoother checkout experience. Um, and I know a lot of you guys are using some of these aggregators um, and that aggregator model that's become popular out there, such as like Stripe and PayPal. Uh, but these aggregator models, they're not going to allow for that um, this type of processing to take place. So if you are in this industry and you do think that you can benefit from it, I would definitely, definitely reach out to an actual merchant service provider in order for you guys to save on these fees uh, and to save on the interchange rates. So uh, to actually, you know, give you the example of the savings, um, a typical Visa Signature Preferred card which, you know, if you're accepting these cards, you definitely will qualify for level two or three data. Um, typically, that Visa Signature Preferred card, when it's a card not present transaction, it's 2.4% and 10 cents. However, as soon as it's level two or three information, as soon as that extra detail is put in, now you're at 2.10% instead of 2.4 with the same 10 cent transaction fee. So to wrap that up, 
if you're big in B2B and dealing with these specific cards more frequently, look, have the conversation with your provider and ask them how you can get this built into your gateway, okay? Um, especially with your high ticket sales. That's when it's, it's really going to count for you guys. So I know this might be a little fast, a little quick. I, I really tried to dumb it down here. Um, if you need to, replay this, you know, rewind it a little bit. But again, utilize me for education and utilize me, pick my brain if, if you need to. Um, as always, you can DM me at the Mark Forrester on Instagram, text me, um, find me on Facebook. You guys know the drill. Until next week, as always, Professor Doughboy checking out, Mark Forrester checking out, class dismissed. Thanks for listening to Overnight Success You with Mark Forster, aka Professor Doughboy. If you like our show, go ahead, leave us a review on iTunes, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at the Mark Forster for daily content and insight into the day-to-day journey. There, you can also find resources I provided for access to the OSU community along with the opportunity to schedule time on my calendar to talk further and go more in depth as to what challenges you're facing in business and life. Until next week, class dismissed.